I'm from South Africa, grew up in Cape Town, and so most of my formative years I grew up during apartheid. And so I think I just maybe I'll take a minute to explain what that means. everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for the show. Well, for this episode, we're going back to a more traditional career path story. But as with every guest, there are some unique twists. So I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Lynn Davey is joining us and she works in the financial reporting space, specifically with publicly traded companies. That's an area we haven't touched on for many, many episodes now. So it was a refreshing conversation for me and I think you're going to find some insights in it as well. Plus, Lynn happens to have grown up in South Africa during apartheid and I readily admit I'm very ignorant about such things or definitely not very worldly in my education. So that part of the conversation was extremely educational for me. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. She really has an interesting story. If you do enjoy and learn something from this episode, please share it with a friend or on social media, however you'd like to. We get a lot of positive feedback on the show, particularly from accountants just getting started in their careers, but it doesn't help anyone unless they know about it, of course. So if you do find some value in this episode, please let a friend know. We really appreciate it. And as we're coming into this new college semester here shortly, we're likely going to see more and more virtual meetings than we used to for obvious reasons. So if there's anything I can do for you in your accounting clubs or other accounting-related associations, please let me know. I'm happy to be a guest speaker on career issues if you need one. Just shoot me an email or find me on LinkedIn. I'm very findable on LinkedIn and send me a message and we can set something up. I'm always happy to help. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest. Here's Lynn Davey. Well, hello, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm looking forward to our little chat. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes, this will be fun for everybody. Well, For the audience, we are returning to what I guess is a more traditional career path in this episode, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless with a lot of valuable insights. It's been a while since we had a guest from the financial reporting world, and today we are fortunate to have Lynn Davey joining us. Lynn's career started in the big four, but she's then moved into financial reporting, specifically with publicly traded companies, which is an area we really haven't covered in quite a while. It's been at least a year, if not two years, since we had a guest from that realm. Plus, Lynn spent much or maybe all of her early days, her youth in Africa as well. And so I'm really curious to find out more about that part of her life. This is really going to be a fun story for all of us to tell. (laughs) Yes, no, absolutely. Well, before we get into your SEC reporting part of your career, Lynn, mm-hmm. and, you know, the present day, I really do want to know a little bit more about, you know, how you grew up and your educational yeah. journey and early years. And then yes. really what I ask all my guests is how they picked accounting as a possible career in the first mm-hmm. place. So yeah. why, why don't we start there? Sounds great. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Well, I... Right at the very beginning, when I was finishing high school, I knew for sure I was going to university. My dad sort of made that clear to his kids. We were going to pursue tertiary education. 
But what I was going to do, I had no idea. And then I had a brother. I have two brothers and a sister, but one brother's close in age to me. And um, he, you know, I kind of listened to him. I looked up to him and he told me to sign up for a business degree. And so I thought, well, okay. And when I was choosing a major, I thought, well, HR, I'm a people's person. I'm very chatty. I'm outgoing, you know, such a completely superficial and incorrect view of HR. But I'm like, let's go with that. And of course, I signed up for a business degree at the University of Cape Town, where I'm from. I'm from Cape Town. And so I started my studies. And as with any business degree, one of your initial courses in your first year is going to be an introduction to accounting. And Again, never, never, I'd heard about debits and credits, but didn't have any clue about accounting or really finance in general. And I mean, it was love at first sight or first debit or credit. I mean, it was just like, well, hello there. This is, what is this? You know, I just loved it. There was just something about um, accounting and the thought process and thinking through questions and finding solutions. I don't know what it is. And to this day, I still have this, you know, it all makes makes so much sense to me, which is interesting because lots of people, even accountants will say sometimes accounting does not make sense, but it really does to me. And so that's where my love affair began with accounting. It was kind of like I tripped and fell into it. And so immediately I changed my major and I decided, well, I was, I was going to pursue a career in accounting. But of course, what that really meant and where I was headed, I really didn't have any clue about that because, as I said, didn't have any insight into what accounting was, even the finance world. You mentioned I am from South Africa, grew up in Cape Town. And so I, most of my formative years, I grew up during apartheid. And so, and I think I just maybe I'll take a minute to explain what that means is that, you know, so with the laws of apartheid, Everyone in South Africa was basically split up into four racial groups. And so, you know, you had whites, blacks, coloreds, and Indians. And so I was in the colored group, you know, so basically the mixed race, you know, the sort of the other. <laughs> and so growing up, it was so interesting. Now, when I look back, you don't really think much about it when you're in it because it's just your way of life, you know, when at the time, you know, when you, and, and it's every facet of your life is, is impacted by apartheid, like where you live, you had to live in a particular area and only that race group could live in that area. Buses and trains, you know, so my mom, she would take us, you know, we only had one family car and my dad took that to work. And so my mom, we were always on buses and trains and we would just get into the section of the bus or train that was for non-whites, you know, it was just something you did and you just accepted it and you went about your business. And I mean, not everyone accepted it clearly. There were some people who fought very hard to change those laws. But, and thank goodness for them, because, you know, South Africa wouldn't be where it is today were it not for those really brave individuals. But, you know, growing up, you just kind of, you just go with the flow. You know, there's something wrong about this whole system, but you just keep going. And so as a result, you know, people of color, they just didn't have opportunities. So embarking on this accounting journey, I really didn't know what would happen after I got my degree, I knew I wanted to be financially independent. Again, growing up in my community, I saw women close to me who were very much dependent on a man for their finances. And sometimes the man did not treat them very well. And I was like, I was not going to be in that situation. So even though my dad said, you're going to university, 
it was strong encouragement, shall we call it that, but I also knew that I wanted something more for myself because I wanted to be able to be financially independent. So I was a very, I was single-minded in terms of like, I knew I was going to do something and to reach that, I just didn't really know how to get there. And I was fortunate enough during my, you know, going to university and studying my parts in accounting, I was fortunate enough to have two individuals who were really, really a profound influence on how I took it to the next level, like what I did to make a career of it. Because again, no one in my community was a, a chartered accountant. You know, they just, it just did not exist. It, it, those opportunities were not available to people of color by and large. And so I had no idea. But along come two individuals, two white males. And I thank God for them because the first, well, he was sort of family, Ben Boyson. He was my brother's father-in-law. And so my brother, he married um, a white girl, which was very unusual back when they did it back in 1986. I think there was a law about interracial marriages. It was not allowed by law. And I think that law had just been repealed. And so he goes off and marries this white girl, which was very unusual. But that family really became part of our family. And so the father, my sister-in-law's father, he was a finance professional and he was really instrumental in telling me, no, you can do this. You can become a chartered accountant, which was just not even remotely on my radar, you know, growing up. It just was not. And so he really spent so much time. I would visit with him and he would really spend a lot of time just giving me guidance and what to do and encouraging me because I really didn't think I had it in me. I, I just didn't think that that path could be real for someone like me. Again, you're growing up being told that you're sort of less than, so you sometimes it takes a while to shake those feelings. And then there was another gentleman, Andy Mulder, who I met while at university. I interviewed for a part-time internal audit role. Now, up until that point, I was a waitress. That was my way of making you know money while I studied. And so I see an advertisement for an internal audit, a part-time job for a university student. And I was like, this would be awesome. It's my, you know, again, just something in sort of related to finance or something professional, if you will, which will give me an opportunity to just learn more about the business world, etc. And so it was a large public company, in fact. And so, and this gentleman, he was the audit executive of this company and which is in an hour and we kind of report, I reported to him. I would send all my reports to him. But, you know, I saw the individual, you know, some of the people from my class who were also interviewing for this job. And I just remember thinking, there is no way I am going to get this job again. You know, very unsure of myself. And I remember a classmate. I mean, he was very polished, very articulate. I knew who he was. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this. this he's, he's, I'm done, you know. And Andy said to me afterward, he said, I saw a lot of, you know, you were very unsure of yourself, very shy, weren't you know, quite, maybe perhaps not the most articulate, but there was something he saw in me. And so he took the, the chance. And so, and he became such a mentor, offering me immense encouragement. Again, just telling me, you can do this. You can become a chartered accountant. So I've got two men in my ear who are successful telling me that, no, this is a path for you. This is, you can have a career in finance and accounting. And so I, I don't know where I might have been were it not for those two individuals just coming 
coming along at just the right time. And so that's when I was able to really fully grasp, well, I have an accounting degree, but I can become a chartered accountant. I can do the necessary exams and I can go on to have a career in with that particular academic background or achievement. So that's that's really how I started to sort of in a practical sense make something of my accounting degree and then and the rest is history. <laughs> so that's really it in a nutshell, sort of where I started and how I discovered accounting. So Wow. Thank you very much for going into that. I wasn't sure how to ask because honestly, apartheid <laughs> is one of those terms that I'm familiar with and I've heard. And then once I start to think about it, I realize I'm very ignorant about what it truly was or, or yeah. means. And so yeah. thank you. Thank oh, you. No, that you're is welcome. interesting. <laughs> so what was your first job out of college? I'm curious because I saw PwC, but I didn't know if that was no, the first. No, I started. Um, so in order to become a chartered accountant, not only did you have to take the exams, but you also had to do sort of your training or apprenticeship, you know, with a registered public accounting firm. And so I started out with a small firm in Cape Town. And actually, when I started working, I did not quite have the sort of master's equivalent to take the exam. So once I had decided, well, I'm actually going to go down that path, I left the University of Cape Town and I started working. And then I also studied part-time, which it was pretty intense, a really rough couple of years. I really did not have a life. But again, I was focused and single-minded and I was going to do this. And so every weekend after hours, I mean, I was head down studying. It was truly two years went by and I, I didn't register much. But again, it was just a small price to pay or a little bit of, I mean, sacrifice in the biggest scheme of things, if you think about, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a really awesome career, but those two years of sacrifice really meant everything and really helped me get to where, where I am today. So it was definitely a lot of hard work. But once I was in the firm, I decided it's a small and I'm like, I need, I think I need a big organization. And I joined, I joined very briefly. I joined an oil and gas company, but then I moved on to Ernst & Young. And that's really where I've been in public accounting, sort of a big chunk of my career, both at Ernst & Young and at PwC. And I enjoyed it so much because it really, you know, there was a lot of interaction with the client, helping them solve their problems, getting their audit done. And of course, the accounting part of it, I loved the financial statements. You know, when I was at university, I would just read public company financial statements, like just because, which is crazy. <laughs> I would do that because I'm fascinated by that even now. You know, I pick something up, I look around, I poke, and I was like, hmm, interesting, you know, and it's it's awesome. I think, wow, this document that so many might find, you know, well, what on earth is this all about? And it's like, I get that. And I, I find that very exciting. <laughs> I know most wouldn't, but I do enjoy it and I love what I do. And I'm I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to, you know, somebody needs to be an accountant. So I'm glad it was me and I'm glad, you know, I actually enjoy it. So <laughs> I'm not changing the world, but hopefully I'm making a difference some way, you know, in my small way as an accountant. Sure. Wow. You were meant to be in financial reporting if you, if you read public company financials. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I once did a foray internal audit and I do remember, and it's funny, sometimes over your career, you know, you might have to take a chance and see, well, perhaps 
this sounds it was an incredible opportunity heading up the internal audit function for an you know oil and gas company in South Africa and I, I did it for several months but I just knew this was not for me. I remember finding some error on the cash flow statement because I think I kind of, I don't know why I even had access to the, I must have looked over someone's shoulder or I don't know where I saw it. I just knew, you know what, I need to be around financial statements and financial reporting. That's where I belong. And I've never looked back. I thought that, you know, I came to that conclusion at that point. And so I've definitely focused my career on technical accounting and financial reporting, which is, I think, where my heart really, where the passion is, if you will. Okay. So I'm curious, I know you left PwC as a senior manager, and, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize you were at EY as well. So you did yeah. spend a substantial number of career of years yeah. with the Big Four. What caused you to finally make the decision to move out of the Big Four you know, and to move into industry? How, yeah. how did that process go for you? It wasn't an easy one because I really did enjoy what I do. I don't think I would have stayed within that Big Four environment if I didn't. I mean, I had a tremendous experience and certainly my time at PwC. It's one of the highlights of my career for sure. But at the time, you know, I'd been very focused on my career and I just assumed that that would be my life. I was in my late 30s and I just thought, well, you know, I'm going to be a career goal, you know. But then, of course, a life doesn't always turn out the way you think. And then I ended up meeting someone and we're going to get married and so and start a family. And then all of a sudden, I went from meeting someone and thinking, well, you know, I remember distinctly when I met this, my now husband and it was just like, I couldn't understand. It really didn't, couldn't comprehend how anyone could leave work at five o'clock. You know, <laughs> it just didn't seem like, you do what? Like, do, do you not have ambition? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what? Uh, you know, I had no concept of work-life balance. I was this go-getter. I was going to conquer the world. And then I meet someone and then, you know, I'm pregnant and I think, well, mm, no, I think it's time. It's so funny. It's like a switch it went off in my brain and I'm like, well, that's it. And it was that time that I made that decision. And I really have not regretted it one bit because while it's, you know, my family has, you know, I maybe haven't progressed as much as I initially thought I would, right? I still have a wonderful career you know, I've had the challenge, I've had the people interaction that I thrive on and that I really enjoy and helping solve, you know, complex accounting problems. So that makes me really happy. But at the same time, I've been able to be with my family. I have been able to feed them breakfast, feed them dinner, put them to bed, you know, wake them up, put them to bed. I've been there. I've been present. And I think during that period, I mean, they're still relatively young. So I think I still sort of still am making a conscious decision to still be largely very much available, you know, being able to participate in, you know, I'm like the classroom parent and I'm able to do all that stuff because I made a choice to not really, when people say to you in the corporate world, well, here's a great opportunity, I'm like kind of looking the other way, not because I'm lazy or whatever. I'm just made a choice. I want to be there for my family. And so I feel like I have the best of both worlds, really. I have a job that challenges me. I make enough money to really live comfortably. So that makes me really happy. But at the same time, I'm also there and I'm available for my family. So that's really, really important to me. And so I've made that decision and I really 
was it's interesting though I could not have foreseen me being and thinking this way in my 30s before I started having a family I was a completely different person and I thought about it completely differently but now you know it's it's been just such a great period of my life having kids and being able to still work and enjoy my profession and be fulfilled through that as well so I've definitely had the best of both worlds I feel like <laughs> so well yeah this is interesting I didn't intend to get to this quite this early in the interview, but I'm curious now because when you say you work in financial reporting mm-hmm. and, and specifically we're talking about for a publicly traded company, you know, yes. where you work now, and you've been out of public for about 10 years, right? Yeah. About 10 mm-hmm. years? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think of financial reporting in a publicly traded company necessarily as a 40-hour-a-week job or low stress. And maybe I just know some of the wrong people. I I don't know. But (laughs) what do you do to manage? How do you manage the balance? How do you manage your time so that you still are at home for those important moments? Yeah. So when I said I did all those things, it wasn't every day. I mean, there definitely are periods where you are busy, but it was more that, and it certainly is the case for me even now, when you're in the quarter end and in that time of the year, yes, things do get busy. But I think I think I've become really good at planning ahead and making sure that I've done what I need to do, prepare ahead of time, which then makes it not as unbearable and, and painful as it could be. And also the other thing is every company is different, you know, so I've been really fortunate In my previous role, I was focused on technical accounting. So, you know, at times there were deadlines, but by and large, I was able to manage the workload and it was high stress, but it was at times not all the time. You know, there wasn't that like continuous like. There was no, like, I feel like in the big four, sometimes it can just be continuous like, you know, you're just, there is no break. It's just, you go from one client to the next client and and there's no real sort of, uh, I mean, at least uh, I certainly had. That's the experience I had may not be the same for everybody. But no, I think they're definitely, even in financial reporting, and again, depends on the company. But, you know, as I said, I make very conscious decisions. I read between the lines before I would accept a job. If it was something that would require me to work until 7 o'clock every night or like this, or I have to leave at 8 every night, like I just couldn't do that because that would not give me the opportunity to be able to spend the time with my family, you know, have dinner with them and so on. So I think it's just all. When you know, like as a parent, I'm trying to get out of here, so I make the most of my time. I'm really efficient. You know, whereas I think maybe before where I was just like, you know, I could kind of like eh, have a bit of a longer chat. And, you know, now I come to work. I don't really dawdle about lunchtime, eat at my desk. I just get things done. And then I'm like, okay, I'm out of here, you know. So I guess I've somehow managed to manage the stress and the, the deadlines and so on. But It's just not been a problem, I think, when it sort of uh, comes in spurts. I think it's when it's just intense 24-7. That's where it gets a little unwieldy. But by no means, I've definitely been busy and had periods where I haven't been able to spend as much time with my family. But it's been more periods as opposed to just relentless 
year in, year out. I'm just, I'm gone and missing in action and traveling. I haven't had to travel extensively since I left public accounting. And so I don't really miss that because I am able to be home and be with my family. So that's been sure. really, really important to me. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're a good person to ask this because you've definitely overcome some obstacles in your life and had some good mentors. And also you seem to have directed your career in a direction, <laughs> in an area that suits where you want to be in life. Yeah. A lot of our audience or most of our audience is fairly early in their career journey. We have mm-hmm. a lot of what I call up-and-coming professionals, students and individuals in the first few years in their career. Based on your career and your life experience, what advice or insight mm-hmm. could you pass on or would you want to pass on to someone at that point in their career? Yeah, I mean, looking when I think back and what I was like as a young professional, I think one of the things I wish I hadn't done so much was beat myself up about making a mistake or perhaps making a decision that wasn't the best. Or I think it's really important when you do sort of make a mistake or I think it's important to learn from that and look ahead and not necessarily certainly reflect to the point where, well, let's see how we can avoid that situation or that circumstance. But I think I just found out I beat myself up a lot and really took any sort of obstacle, like I took it too hard and I just, you know, it it was always a challenge to to try and overcome that. So I would say it's like you're going to encounter failure, but it doesn't have to be the end. I mean, in corporate America, the one obstacle you might encounter as well is, is getting laid off. That has happened to me twice. And in my career here, and it happens. It's no reflection. Most of the time, it's no reflection on your level of performance, whatever. It can happen. The thing that works well for me is that I'm by nature a really optimistic person. I'm just someone, I don't really bear grudges. I just recover from things fairly quickly. And so that does really work well for me in terms of my relationships and work and so on. But I think it's so easy to sort of lie down and think and just be beaten up about things that may not go according to your plan or and it may be out of your control even sometimes. But I think the important thing is to just be sure of who you are and just look ahead and learn from your circumstances and your situation and know that tomorrow is another day and it's a new day and you can make lemonade from those lemons. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that because yes, as you know, we're recording this on 2020, which has not mm-hmm. been the best year. So no. um, Absolutely not, for sure. There's bound to be someone out there listening to this that is in that situation and and probably could use that advice. Thank you. Well, I end every podcast with the same three questions, and I know Mm -hmm. we're a quarter in for you, so I want to be real respectful (laughs) of your time. No, no problem. (laughs) The first one is usually the easiest for our guest. Uh From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? Um. I would say it wasn't really a moment. It was two years, so it was more than a moment, but it was with PwC, as I mentioned. PwC is one, definitely one of the highlights. The other would be my career with the financial services firm here in Atlanta, but those two definitely stand out. But, but I think the one experience that I'm just so proud of and that I'm thankful for is um, with PwC, I 
was fortunate enough to be selected to join their national office in the SEC services group. Reviewing financial statements, what do you know? And you know how much I enjoyed that. So I was very happy in that regard. But it was also the one time I am very determined and I don't give up. But that was the one time. The funny thing is, the moment, what I'm most proud of was also almost a point of failure for me because it was very challenging. I mean, in that environment, you're with the accounting firm superstars. And so just that brings a whole lot of, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. But not only that, I was sort of, I was given review the financial statements of industries that I really had not a whole lot of experience with, oil and gas and mining, which is, those accounting rules are as though you're reading another, it's another language, it's sort of Greek. It is very, very, if you've done anything other than oil and gas and mining. And so here I was trying to understand this accounting. I was also trying to learn it under both US GAAP and IFRS. It was just the most incredible. It was very stressful for me, but I just, I guess I didn't give up and I worked really, really hard. And somehow there was light at the end of the tunnel and it turned out to be a really, really great achievement. I did really well and I learned so much through that process. So that is by far just that wonderful experience. It was even personally as well. I met some incredible individuals who are to this day still in my life. And so I'm very grateful for that national office experience. I think I will not forget that. That is mine, sort of the pinnacle of what I've been able to experience. So definitely stands out. Wonderful. Yes, we've had a few guests that had spent some time at national firms, national offices. And yes, it it does seem to sort of be a a pinnacle learning opportunity, you know. Oh, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, tell us about a lesson you learned the hard way. And the more you could tell us about the situation, (laughs) the better, because that's how we're going to learn from it. (laughs) Yes. No, no, for sure. It's funny, when I joined Ernst & Young in Cape Town and then I had itchy feet, you know, I was like, I need to see the world. So again, growing up in South Africa, again, the first time I even got on an airplane, I was like 24 or something. In my, well, you weren't flying around or, I mean, you were barely going on vacation. You know, my parents, they were working, you know, they had sort of, they were low skilled and so, you know. Never went anywhere. So, of course, I decide I'm coming to America. And I was about 30 at the time. And so I get here and I don't know what I took for granted that I would succeed, I guess, to some extent, because up until that point in my career, so I've been working for a few years, I'd always done well. I had always, you know, I excelled. So I guess I came to the U.S. and I thought, well, I'll just excel. Yeah, but then, you know, it became apparent that I wasn't really that familiar with U.S. GAAP, which I'm coming from an IFRS type background, right? And so the rules are very different. So, you know, people started talking about valuation allowances. I'm like, eh, what's that? And I think I was, was I senior or I forget what level I was at EY. But of course, it was like, oh my gosh, this girl, she does not even understand basic you. And so I think I got put on some development program, but it's so interesting to me. So anyway, actually, let me get back to the point. The point or the, the lesson I learned there was don't always be prepared. Don't assume. Make sure you're doing your homework and you really understand what is required. And I have never, ever made that mistake again. I always make sure that I'm not going to take things for granted. I'm doing my homework. I'm reading between the lines. I really do understand what it is I need to know because sometimes it's not just hard work or working. You also need to know have the right information available. So 
I definitely learned that. I always, I kind of chuckle to myself and I think, oh my gosh, I was like given very low marks with my technical accounting in US GAP and now I'm just sort of on the opposite spectrum, I think, of my knowledge. <laughs> I, it's, it's, you know, I've come a long way, but that's what, you know, 20 years of um, accounting will do to you. But, but yeah, it was a hard lesson to hear at the time. But when I made the switch to PwC, I was reading their audit guide from cover to cover before, I think I probably, or even maybe while, I, I don't know if I had my first client yet or not, but I was like, I am going to know as much or more than any PwC audit manager because I am never going to be told that you don't know or you're not prepared or I was never going to have that happen to me again. And I don't think it ever did. <laughs> yeah, so. a little success can be a dangerous thing because then you start yes. to think you know everything. Yes. You know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, mm, maybe not. So, (laughs) anyway. Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Hmm. So, I think I'm going to have to say the advice from my mom. She has always encouraged, I think all of us, all our kids, to be generous individuals. Take nothing and no one for granted and just show your appreciation for others. And it's interesting because she kind of really drummed that into us, all of her kids. And she was always, and of course she lived it as well. And I feel like that has been such outstanding advice because not only in your personal life, you know, when you are generous and when you do really appreciate, of course, you have to really feel it, when you appreciate and you show kindness to others, whether it's at work or personally, whatever, people respond to that. And I think and being generous also helps you not worry too much about gathering. If you're thinking more about sharing, you may be not accumulating, you don't have that pressure to accumulate because you're just like you're focused on sharing. And so I just really feel like that is who I am. And again, perhaps just seeing my mom and dad, but I just remember mom's talking about it more. You know, women probably tend to talk more than my dad. He was also very generous, but my mom was just really, she really sort of, I think, drummed that into our heads. And so I'm really, I think that's like, the best life advice I've gotten because it really does inform how I think about my resources, my time, and how I relate to people. So I think it would have to be that for sure. So Wonderful. Well, well, thank you. That's perfect to end this on because you've shared some career <clears throat> advice and obviously information about your technical background stuff, but you've had a lot of just good life advice too. And you're very well grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I do have a lot to yeah be thankful for. And I think it's my parents, you know, despite challenging times and them having a pretty hard sort of um, existence, but they helped us recognize what really is important in life. And so I think I take that with me, you know, wherever I go. So whether I'm here or in Africa or wherever, they've really shown us a good example, if you will. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're you welcome, Mark. Thank you. For this. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time too. Thanks. Well, that was our interview with Lynn Davey. And I know I said this in the intro, but I just have to say it again. I mean, Lynn is just so pleasant. It was a very refreshing interview for me to do. It really lightened my day. And so I hope you got a lot of enjoyment out of it as well. 
A few of the takeaways I personally have were number one, just how fulfilled she is now in her career and how well it fits into the life that she wants to lead. And then secondly, and I know I mentioned this earlier as well, but I really appreciated the education that at least I got on apartheid. I admittedly am very ignorant about that. And so that was very generous of her to share that part of her story. You could tell Lynn is very generous with her time, even doing this podcast, plus, of course, sharing her overall career with us. I just really appreciated it. We couldn't do this podcast without people as generous as Lynn. Well, if you did find value in this episode for yourself, like I mentioned earlier, please share it with a friend. We love it when we see sharing out on social media. It just helps more and more people find us. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this show. This has been Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, CPA, and your host for the show as always. If there's anything I can do for you, please reach out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. There's more to come.